How great is your God? Let's find out today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Chris Tomlin, he wrote the song, How Great Is Our God. Now, he wrote that song not as a question. It wasn't how great is our God question mark. It's how great is our God exclamation point. It was a a declaration. Our God is so great. Well, I want to take that and turn that declarative statement into a personal question. How great is your God? Are your prayers too small? Are your requests to God limited to what you think God can do or that God would do for you? You're listening to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve today, and it's a message that will open your eyes as to how much trust you really have in God. It's called, How Great Is Your God? And we'll learn the truth about the nature of God and how He can and will answer your prayers because He is a great God. This message is part of Pastor Jeff's six-lesson series, The School of Prayer, where we're all learning about the power that we often don't use because we don't understand this enormous resource that is our great God and what He has provided for us and benefits. If you can't be with us for the entire broadcast today, just go online to fromhisheart.org to listen again. You can download a free MP3 of the broadcast and the sermon notes that come along with it. Right now, if you can, open your Bible to the third chapter of the book of Ephesians, as Pastor Jeff Shreve asks and answers this vital question, how great is your God? We all have trouble when it comes to understanding the vastness of God, because God is beyond what your brain, what your gray matter can comprehend. But there is a way to tell personally, how great you think God is. And the way you tell is to look at your prayer life, to look at how you pray and what you pray for. Are you praying big prayers that show you believe in a big God, a God who can part the Red Sea, a God who can raise Lazarus from the dead, a God who can move mountains, a God who can change any situation just like that? Or are you praying to this little God who struggles with your problems to make ends meet at the end of the month? How great is your God? We're in a series on prayer titled The School of Prayer, and today we want to expand our minds and see from the Scripture how great God really is. Ephesians chapter 3 is such a powerful chapter. Roughly half the chapter is dedicated to a prayer, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. And Paul concludes his prayer for the Ephesians and he prays for them that they would just know about God's love and be rooted and grounded in God's love. And then he says this in verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, 
To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What do your prayers say about the greatness of God? Well, I want to share with you four encouragements from those two verses we just read that will encourage you as you pray. Encouragement number one, we as believers are to pray to a God who is able. Look at it again in verse 20. Now to him who is able, who is able. The word for able there in the Greek is dunamai. That means uh, to have might, to be powerful, to be able to do whatever is needed to be done. Now to him who is able. Well, what does that say to you and to me today? It says this, when we face the worst of problems, he is able. The worst of problems. Now to him who is able, he has power, he has might, he has ability in whatever you're facing today. Do you have a wayward son or daughter? And you think that there's just no hope here. Hey, God is the God of hope and he is able. Do you have an addiction problem? Maybe it's drugs or alcohol or some other substance or some other thing. And you say, I just keep failing and failing and failing. And I can't seem to break this. And, and I guess there's not power to break it. Now to him who is able. Do you have a financial problem, a, a job situation problem? And Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. He is able in whatever you face. So when we come and pray, we pray to a God who is able. Second encouragement, not just to a God who is able. We pray to a God who is more than able. That's what's so wonderful. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. It's not that God is just able. He is way more than just able. He's not the God of barely enough. He's the God of more than enough. And he delights in doing things that blow us away. And he wants us to come with God-sized prayers, with God-sized dreams, with God-sized requests. Because it says he's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think Listen, if God can do more than I can ask and more than I can even think, then I want to ask big and I want to think big. Because when I pray to God, I pray to a God who is greater than my mind can possibly comprehend. So, hey, do you have some God-sized dreams? Do you have some God-sized Desires? Do you have some God-sized prayers? Somebody asked me yesterday, they said, well, what's a God-sized prayer? It's a prayer that cannot happen unless God comes through. See, you see, when you pray for a job, don't just pray, Lord, just give me a job. Lord, give me the job that would really fit my gifts, my talents, my abilities, that would be an opportunity for me to really grow, that would be an opportunity for me to really make a difference. Lord, I want to have that kind of a job that would really provide for me and, and be good for me and be a chance for me to glorify you. See, it's a big difference praying like that. God loves it like that when we pray like that. He doesn't like it when we pray little mealy mouth prayers. The poem says, you are coming to a king, large petitions with you bring. For his grace and power are such no one can ever ask too much. So we pray to a God who is able. 
We pray to a God who is more than able. Encouragement number three, we pray to a God who is more than able in us. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. The power that works within us. What's he talking about? The power that works within us. Verse 16, 16 tells you what he's talking about. When he says that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. The power that works within us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. When a person understands I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I need Jesus and Jesus died for me and they cry out in repentance of faith, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Lord saves them and the Lord comes to live inside of them through the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus that comes to live inside you and it's the Spirit that gives life. And he makes you alive. We call that being born again. It's God coming to live inside of you through his spirit. And the spirit of God has power. He has the power of God because he is God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory. There is power that works within you if you know Jesus Christ. And God wants you to receive his spirit and live spirit-filled so that the power is in control, so that the spirit is in control of you. There's a huge difference between living life as a Christian in your own power and living life as a Christian in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the difference between going out to your car and pushing it home versus going out to your car at the end of the service, turning on the key and driving it home. What a lot of people do in the Christian life is they push it around, pushing it around everywhere they go. There's just, man, this, is, this Christian life is just so hard. It's just, oh, it's just so hard. Every now and then you hit a little uh, decline and you can get in and coast for a little bit, and then, but then you gotta go back up the hill. Oh, and God didn't, he didn't design the Christian life to be like that. He said, man, when I saved you, I put an engine in your salvation. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God makes all the difference in the world. He's the one that gives you power, dunamis, that's used there in verse 20, according to the dunamis that works within us. You know, we took that word in Greek, dunamis, and we have an English word for that word, dynamite. It's that kind of a power that's inside. Now, here's the difference that that power makes. Peter, we all know Peter. He's the one who denied Christ. He he told Jesus, I will go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus said, really? Because before a cock crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. Before a cock crows twice, you'll deny me thrice. Peter said, that will never happen. And it happened. And it happened when a little servant girl said, you are one with Jesus. You're one of his disciples. I don't even know the man. Little servant girl got him all afraid. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he denied him again. And then he cursed and swore and denied him. And a cock crowed and he went out and wept bitterly. That's Peter before he received the Holy Spirit. Fast forward and see Peter in Acts chapter three. Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And God puts him face to face with the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court, and he's there in the audience with uh, having a, a, a meeting with Caiaphas and Annas, the two that were principally involved in sending Jesus to the cross. And Peter is bold, and Peter stands up, and Peter says, I'm on trial today for a healing that was done to that, that sick man that sat at the gate, beautiful, and, and he was healed in the name of Jesus. He said, let it be known to you, Sanhedrin, that it's the name of Jesus that raised him from the dead. It's Jesus, the one whom you crucified, God raised from the dead, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And Peter had such boldness and he didn't care what they did to him. Man, what, what made the huge change? It's the power within the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, well, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what inner sin that you're facing today, but you say, I can't whip these drugs. I can't whip this alcohol. I can't whip this lust. I can't whip this bitterness. I can't, baloney. You can't, but he can within you according to the power that works within you. To him be the glory. So we're to pray to a God who is more than able in us. And lastly, we're to pray to a God who is worthy of all the glory. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, world without end, amen. Why do we pray big? Why are we supposed to come before the Lord with big requests? So that we would be glorified? Uh-uh. So that he would be glorified. Psalm 115, verse one, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. It's all for his glory. If you're praying for your glory, God's not going to answer that. God's not interested in your glory. He's interested in the glory of his son. He's interested in glorifying himself through you. He wants to shine through you like the sun so that he gets all the glory. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And the scripture says in Revelation chapter four that when we gather to worship the Lord, he's given us crowns, crowns for righteousness, crowns for life. The Bible talks about five different crowns that God gives to those who are faithful to him. And here we are in heaven and we have these crowns that the Lord gives us, these victor crowns. And it says that we cast down those crowns before the Lord and we say, you're worthy of everything. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy to receive honor and glory and power because you created everything. And God, it's all for your glory. It's not for our glory. The Lord gets glory when we pray big. When we say with Jabez, in First Chronicles chapter 4, God, bless me and bless me indeed and enlarge my border, enlarge my territory and put your hand upon me and keep me from evil. And God liked that prayer and God granted him his request. Why? Because he prayed big and he said, God, I was made for more than this. So Lord, enlarge my territory so that I would have bigger impact for the kingdom of God. God wants to honor that prayer. He wants to answer that prayer that you would have a bigger impact. It wouldn't just be your family, but it would be for 
people far and wide for generations. He's worthy of all the glory. To him be the glory. I've had people tell me, well, you know, you're just interested in your own aggrandizement. You, you just, you want things to grow so people say how great you are. God forbid. I, I, I wish God would kill me if that's what I want. But here's what I do want for the Lord to be glorified. I want my life to count all it can possibly count for Christ. I'm not perfect. I stumble. I fall. I fail. I have to go back to Hebrews chapter four to know that, hey, God is a God who can understand our weaknesses. The throne room is open. Come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. But listen, I want my life to count all it can count for Jesus Christ. So I'm praying big. I'm believing big. I'm asking big. Josh McDowell is a well-known Christian author, speaker. He's written over 100 books in his lifetimes, born in 1939. He has a story about prayer, true story that is indeed mind-boggling. Josh's life story, if you've ever read anything about him, he grew up on a farm, alcoholic father who beat his mother and abused the family. Josh was sexually abused by some farmhand for many years. Very tough upbringing, grew up uh, basically an agnostic set out to disprove Christianity, ended up becoming a Christian in the process. He said, when I graduated from high school, before I became a Christian, he said, my mother died. She died of a broken heart because of the terrible things that happened between his mother and his dad. And he said, I never got to share Christ with my mother. But then Josh became a Christian and he was able to share Christ with his father and his alcoholic father prayed to receive Christ and receive Christ and his life was totally changed. He lived about a year and a half after he received Christ and he died. And here's Josh who grew up in this little postage stamp size town in Michigan. The town was called Union City, Michigan. 1.49 square miles, 1,500 population. He grew up in this little town. Well, he ends up going to college. He ends up in California in seminary. And his dad had just passed away. And he's remembering his dad. And he's rejoicing that his dad's in heaven. But then he's remembering his mom. And he said, ah, oh, I just don't know where mom is. I don't know if mom ever received Christ. And, and, and why, did the, why couldn't mom and dad have both gotten saved at the same time and enjoyed the wonders of salvation together? Because dad's so different. He was so different that, that last little bit of his life. And, and it was really burdening him that he didn't know where his mother was. And he prayed. He said, God, I, I don't know how you can relay a message to me like that. But God, somehow, some way, Please bring peace to my heart. Where is my mom? Where is my mom? So it was the next day. He went out to the beach in California. It's called Manhattan Beach. He said he went out to clear his mind because he said he couldn't, couldn't really function because this just kept, it was just obsessed. He was obsessing over where is my mom? So he goes out to the beach. He said, I didn't really talk to anybody. He said, I walked out on the pier. There were some people fishing. It's in January, but it was kind of a nice day. There were some people fishing. He said there was an older lady there. She was on a lawn chair. She was fishing. And she began to talk to him. She said, hey, nice day? He said, yeah, nice day. They started talking. She said, where are you from? 
He said, oh, I'm from a little place in Michigan. You wouldn't know the town. It's so small. She said, oh, yeah, what is it? He said, well, it's uh, Union City, Michigan. She said, I know that town. She said, I, I knew some people that lived there. Do you by any chance know the McDowells? He said, yeah. I'm Josh McDowell. She said, you're Josh. She said, I'm cousins with your mother. He said, really? He said, do you know anything about my mother's spiritual life? And she said, when we were teenagers, a tent revival came to town and your mother and I went and we went every night. And on the fourth night of that tent revival, your mother and I went down front and we both prayed to receive Christ. Yeah, I know about your mother's spiritual condition. Josh just said the tears just began to flow from his eyes. And he said, wow, God, in one day I prayed that prayer and you send me to a woman in California when I grow up in a postage stamp in Michigan and she knows my mother and she was probably the only person left on the earth who would have known about that night. And God answered his prayer. God is the God who is able. He is able, more than able. He's more than able in you. And the reason he does it all is so that Jesus Christ would be glorified. Wow, what a compelling example of God's loving ability to answer the prayers of Josh McDowell. And it really does bring praise to God when he manifests himself as truly able in our lives. Today's message on From His Heart was called, How Great Is Your God? It was significantly edited for our time today, but it's part of Pastor Jeff's inspiring and challenging series on prayer called The School of Prayer. Six messages on CD, DVD, MP3 download, or on a USB flash drive. You can find out more when you go to fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE to request the message, How Great Is Your God?, and the series, The School of Prayer. Now listen, all this month, we're focusing on prayer and what power we have in it. And boy, does this nation, do our churches, our homes, our families need it so much today. But so many people have been grounded from their takeoff with God because their faith is weak and their will to surrender more of their lives to God is just not there. And when we live in a world where evil seems to be around each corner and temptation is constantly bombarding us, we have to have the discernment and courage to fight back, to shine for Christ. And that's why we're offering two resources to you to help you shine for Christ in this dark world. The first is the six-lesson series, Shine, How to Live the Christian Life in an Unchristian World. And the second is the uplifting and encouraging booklet entitled, In the Face of Discouragement, both our gift to you to say thank you for your financial support this month of any amount. Pastor Jeff receives no income from this ministry. To get these, you can make your gift when you call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org and request the series Shine and the booklet In the Face of Discouragement. And may God use them to empower you to pray, shine, and share for Christ courageously. 
Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, trusting you'll be here next time for the next powerful lesson in Pastor Jeff's series, The School of Prayer. Join us on Monday when Pastor Jeff will have a message that will test us to see if we are truly, genuinely trusting in prayer. It's called The Prayer Challenge. That's next time, here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more when you go to fromhisheart.org.